of uh, our journey. Uh, part one was through the book of Luke, Luke's gospel account. Uh, part two is Luke's uh, Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles is its official name. We usually just shorten that and call it Acts, uh, but it's the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, it's the second book in Luke's two-volume set. Uh, you may recall that, God, uh, that Luke wrote the gospel account uh, to help new believers know with certainty. He said, I want you to know with certainty the things uh, concerning Jesus and his, and his ministry. He wanted to provide historical testimonies of who Jesus was and what he did and his teachings. And then the book of Acts is his second volume. It is crucial to understanding the historical narrative. And the reason I say that, imagine just for a moment, if you're familiar with how the book is organized, you have the four Gospels, then you have the book of Acts, and then you have Romans. Can you imagine reading the Gospel accounts, skipping the book of Acts, and jumping straight into Romans? You would, you would have a lot of questions. You would be going, Rome? How, how, what? How did we get there? What, you know, how, what happened? All of a sudden, we left off where Jesus was in Jerusalem uh, and walked out to the Mount of Olives, ascended, and then we pick up in Romans, and Christians are in Rome. That would just, it would just seem, so Acts is critical to that narrative, right? In fact, here's what the book of Acts does. The book of Acts is going to give us historical context, a timeline, if you will, that uh, will help us see where and why other books of the New Testament were written. And if we read it with that mindset and we understand that it's, it's a timeline of the historical events of the early church and the establishment of the church and those things that happen, then we will uh, begin to see and understand, for example, why the book of James was written. We will see not only when it was written, we're going to see why it was written. And we're going, to, we're going to come to this point in, in the book of Acts where there is uh, this division that's in the church that's going on, and they're going to try and figure out how to settle it, and they develop a church council, and they address some issues. And James, who is the pastor of the church there in Jerusalem, wrote two letters. And one of those is uh, what we call the book of James. That's one of those letters. In fact, he wrote that one specifically to the Jewish people. We know that because he says right at the very beginning of his book, he says to uh, the scattered of the 12 tribes of Israel. So what's he doing? He's saying to those who are Jewish and you're scattered abroad, he's letting you know that that's who he's writing. But what about a second letter? I said he mentioned he wrote two letters. Both of them, by the way, are in the New Testament. You go, wait a second, there's only one book named James. And you're right. The other letter that James wrote is actually found in the book of Acts. It's actually found in the book of Acts. We're going to get to it. And uh, as, we, as we get there, he wrote two letters. He wrote one, which is the book of James, and he wrote it specifically to the Jewish people. But he wrote another letter, same, very similar language, and he wrote it to the Gentiles. That letter is within the book of Acts. It's within the book of Acts. So as we work through the book of Acts, what we're going to see is an incredible timeline. We're going to see the establishment of the church. We're going to see why and when the books of the Bible uh, were written and the importance of each of those. Now, 
You may, be, you may remember also that Luke is writing to the same person. Uh, he wrote and addressed the gospel according to Luke to a person named Theophilus. Theophilus. And he does the same thing here in uh, the book of Acts. Uh, this is likely an individual. However, there are some that make the case that he is uh, writing to a more broad group. The name Theophilus uh, means loved by God or one who loves God. Uh, that's the, what the Greek name Theophilus means. So some people would suggest, no, it's not a person. He's just writing to people who love God. Or he's writing that God loves people, and that's who he's writing to. Regardless, uh, it doesn't change the meaning of the text. In fact, both are appropriate uh, in the sense that even if he wrote to one individual named Theophilus, there's still a larger audience in mind. And that would be including you and me as the readership uh, are in view. So as we mentioned with Luke's gospel account, um, he, he, his use of the Greek language uh, shows someone who's highly educated uh, in his use of the written language. But our historical purpose, before we just jump in, I want you to get this full background of what's taking place. His historical purpose in writing this book, just like he wrote the gospel account and said, I want you to know the the facts, I want you to know the details, I want you to know with certainty the testimonies of the things concerning Jesus. He is now wanting to provide an accurate account of the beginning of the church and how it grew and how it expanded so quickly. It's a continuation of the ministry and the work of Jesus uh, and how it's, it was accomplished through uh, the church. Now the book itself, as we jump in, the book itself uh, is really divided up into two parts. You know, the first 12 chapters that focus largely on Peter and his ministry, and then from chapters 13 through the end of the book, chapter 28, it focuses largely on the Apostle Paul. So the book, in fact, it's kind of interesting. You get to chapter 28, and you get to the end of it, it kind of just ends. I mean, the, there's not a clear conclusion to the book of Acts. It, you, you get to the end of 28, and then it, it just abruptly ends. Because of its abruption in, in its ending, some have suggested, well, Luke either intended to write more, or he did write more, and we've lost it. Well, let me assure you, we have the exact book of the Bible that God intends for us to have. Uh, there's, there's nothing lost uh, uh, that God wanted us to have. We have it, and we have it exactly, no less, no more, exactly as God intended. However, let me say this, if there were an Acts chapter 29, that'd be us. We're the Acts chapter 29. It would be that what we're doing today as a church plant, we would be Acts chapter 29. We would be a testimony of saying we are the continuation of churches being planted even 2,000 years later. How incredible is that? So, like I said, if there were such a thing as Acts chapter 29, it would be understood that that's us. That's who we are as a church. We are the continuation of churches being planted around the world. So the book of Acts then provides us with insight. And the insight that it provides us is insight into understanding the very early church, what their core values were, what their beliefs were, what was essential to their faith, what were the foundational beliefs of the early church. And it makes me wonder, do we still adhere to those things? Are we still making sure that we see the foundational beliefs 
And are we still holding tight to those things that the early church held tight to? Or have, have we strayed? Have we strayed from the purpose of the church? Are we still proclaiming the same message that was declared then? So let's search the scriptures together.